Welcome to another episode of Marketing Revelations. I am your host, Dan Flesh, and today we're going to be talking about Google, but more specifically, the Google My Business platform. Now, Caleb, I was doing some research before the show, and I discovered that there were at least eight acknowledged changes from Google this year alone in 2020. In just 2020. In just 2020, we had eight, and the majority of those took place on the Google My Business platform. So with all of the rapid changes happening, I thought that we need to really bring in our local search product manager, Zach Herr, to talk to us about Google and the platform itself. So Zach, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. Real quick before we get started, can you just give a brief little summary? I know you do a ton on a day-to-day, but summarize what you do related to Google so they kind of so we kind of understand where you're coming from. Sure. So I'd say my core responsibility is making sure that our daily operations and best practices align with Google My Business's best practice so that we can make sure that our clients are following all the guidelines and taking full advantage of any opportunity that uh, Google My Business is offering them. When we say Google My Business, as a consumer, they would know it as really that kind of that map section over there. But Mm -hmm. for businesses, what does it actually mean for them? So the Google My Business platform is sort of the gateway into that map and push pin section. So all of the results that a consumer might see on Google Maps, all the information that populates there, uh, reviews, name, address, phone number, that's all inputted by business owners through the Google My Business platform. Knowing a little bit about the history of it, I think it's interesting that that's not the way it always was. A lot of times it started out as really a a crowdfunded thing, I think back in... 08 or something like that. It's been around for a while now, but mm-hmm. it it started out as that crowd platform, which still has its impacts today, I know, with it, but we'll get into that a little bit later. I want to start with, Zach, what is that verification process and why is it so important for businesses to have to complete it? The verification process is really just what allows you as a business owner to get started and take more control over that information. Your business can show on Google My Business through the map section without you having that information verified. But the information on that listing is going to be much more of like a Wild West scenario where more people are submitting edits and there's no like authority behind it for controlling what shows up and what doesn't. So it's really that first step to making sure that your baseline information is correct. So really, and it also helps lock it down. So once someone's got a verified and a mm-hmm. quote unquote claimed listing, you then, it, it doesn't just get changed based on recommendations. It can over time after effects, obviously, but mm-hmm. in the grand scheme, it really locks it down to the business owner. Yeah, people are still allowed to submit that information, but having the listing verified lets you be the person that reviews that and says, yes, those are actually my new hours, or no, I didn't move, I am still here and I am still open, instead of relying on Google to be the only person to review and approve that information. So something that we always preach here, obviously, is you know, you got to optimize. It's not a set and forget mentality. Why? What does that, A, what, is, what does the optimization process really look like? And then why does it need to be updated on a regular basis or maintained, I should say? It's maybe a better word. Yeah, so I think the verification is the first step. And a lot of the verification is just saying, like, this is my name, address, phone number, and website for the business, just that core information that everybody's looking for. But then there are a long list of other fields on the listing that Google allows you to fill out. And that's really where that optimization comes in. So whether your building is ADA compliant and like wheelchair accessible, um, 
maybe you have an escalator or an elevator, or if you're a restaurant, you have a patio or a happy hour, uh, different hours for your happy hour. It's all that more nuanced information that gets into more details that people are going to want to know about your business before they go and show up. And a lot of the changes that you mentioned at the top of the show have come into that more optimized, optimizing aspect of the listing, uh, really because COVID has started to force people to ask a lot of questions that they haven't been asking before. So it's not just, oh, is this restaurant open and can I go there? It's do they offer curbside pickup or is it dining only? Or are they delivering now and they used to not do that? And it's that level of optimization that really requires that ongoing effort to make sure that your business profile has all of that filled out. That's awesome. That's really good insight. And so one thing that you, I think you mentioned is kind of the, the address. I want to touch a little bit on the address versus service area because I know there can be a little bit of confusion on that of, you know, a lot of business owners, they work out of their home, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to put my address on there if I'm not servicing clients out of there. Is it required to have your physical address in a Google listing? So it's not required. Um, They offer both because Google understands that people work out of their home or they're a service area. And you can do one or the other, or you can do both at the same time if it's applicable. So a common example, a pizza restaurant, they might have a dining room, but most deliver as well. So they do have a physical location that you can go see, but they also have a service area that they'll deliver pizza to their clients within. If you are a business owner, and you do have that physical location, you wanna make sure that you're not setting yourself up as a service area unless you're actually leaving your location to go provide your product or service to your customers at their location. And the reason for that is that if there's an industry or a gray area where the majority have a physical address, Google does tend to show the physical locations over the service area listings. So you should always make sure that whichever option you're picking is the most genuine reflection of how you operate your business. And to your point about working out of your home, if you are a service area business, you can put in your address to get it verified and say, hey, this is where I am and Google will verify that. But then you can hide that address so that if you don't want people coming to your house, they can't just Google you and show up to your house with their broken sink or whatever and expect you to fix it in your living room, right? With so we've obviously we've already named a ton of features and things that can happen. I think it kind of explains itself. But why is it so difficult? Not or maybe it's just time consuming to just keep this thing up to date. Why is it so challenging to keep a listing up to date? I think it goes back to what you said at the start. Like there have just been so many changes that it's a full time job to one make sure those fields stay filled out, but know like if a new field becomes available. Do I need to use it? What do I put in there? What are other people doing? So it's really just similar to whatever job you're doing as a business owner. There are a lot of ins and outs and things that you have to know to run your business well. And Google My Business is no exception to that. And that's why marketing companies like us exist, because we dedicate our time to being experts uh, in that field. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but Google rarely announces ahead of time, like, hey, we're doing this a lot of these changes are just found by discovery and us uh, people being used to the platform and noticing differences right yeah usually how it goes is something will roll out and a bunch of bloggers and industry experts will start tweeting about it uh, twitter is a surprisingly uh, open avenue of communication with google which is strange but someone will notice something 
and everyone will start talking about it and then they'll start tweeting at Google or going to their support forums and eventually Google will basically say yes or no that is happening. But especially for algorithm updates, they're not great about acknowledging the detail of them. They'll just say, yes, we did roll out a change. So it's sort of hard to get a definite yes or no answer, but a lot of it does just come from the people that are spending every day in that platform like us. What, what tips would you have to someone that, you know, they see, oh, Google has actually acknowledged an algorithm change. Should they go out and change their strategy? Do they lock it down? Do they just keep doing their best practices? What's the best, what's the best strategy and when they do see that algorithm change? I think it's very instinctual to say, oh, everything's different now. There has to be a change so that I don't get swept away in this. Your best bet is to just keep doing what you've been doing. If you're following the Google My Business guidelines and best practices, you're optimizing your listing, you're keeping it verified, you're going to be okay in those algorithm changes. Most of the algorithm changes come from Google wanting to make sure they're always providing the best results. And what they're doing is filtering out those people that aren't following best practices, don't have as many great reviews and aren't as good of an option. So as long as you're doing those best practices, it's best that you just sit back, see what happens, wait for the dust to settle. And if there were new features that rolled out as a part of it, then start using those, but don't go in and wipe your whole listing clean and start over because that will cause you to get swept away in that update and lose all of the progress that you've made. It's, it's really more so a long game than a short game. Absolutely. Let's cover a little bit of some of these changes that we were kind of hinting at towards the beginning. I know you mentioned mm-hmm. some of them with specific. I think the big one is uh, specific hours. You can have secondary hours now. Mm-hmm. And if you, like you said, you've got special happy hour hours, or if you're open for specific time periods during the day, you can make those changes now. Mm-hmm. What are some of the other updates that we've seen recently that are obviously caused by our current situation? So I think a big one is really like in the hospitality industry, like with restaurants, uh, because even throughout all the COVID closures, food places are generally still allowed to be open. But before they used to have amenities listed where like if it was carry out, dine in only, Google had a small list at the bottom. And what they've done is they've brought that information more up to the top. So now when you pull up a business listing right under their business name, I think they've got dine-in, carry-out, or closed. It's two or three options, and they have like a bright red X or a green check mark next to it. So they've not only opened up a few more options to be more descriptive, but they're making those things very visible on the listing. So it's more important than ever to have them filled out. Absolutely, because people are going to want to know that before they, when they're making that discovery decision phase of their buying cycle. They want to know everything they can about a place. Yeah, you've got to know, Will they come to me? Do I have to go to them? Do I have to go inside to get my food? Will they come do a curbside pickup because curbside is different than takeout technically? So there's all these different scenarios that we didn't have a few months ago that Google's now trying to compensate for because they know people want that type of answer. For sure. And I think that's another thing you just said there with a few months ago. For as Mm -hmm. quiet as Google can be about their updates, they're incredibly fast and agile with their platform because they are very focused on providing users with the right answer and building that trust. So I think that's really the really, for me, that was one of the more overwhelming things to learn about was just the fact that they can just, they can roll out updates out night and day and we, mm-hmm. we can miss them so easily. 
For sure. And I think it's the context is a little bit different too, because before all of this, while Google is always like looking for new ways to do things, I think a lot of it comes from their own observation of how people are searching and how they're interacting with that information. But now there's just a whole new set of baseline questions that are available and they know that they need to match that. So it's more of a reactive strategy instead of, um, sorry, a proactive strategy versus a reactive strategy when they're looking at their own data. What do you think is one thing that is just so misunderstood about either the way Google My Business operates or the way it should be handled that people just are, it's just not quite understood properly and mistakes are made? I think the biggest one might be that even though an expert is working on the listing, like if you hire a marketing company, they're still going to be subjected to the exact same rules that Google would subject you to as a business owner. So we're still going to encounter the same frustrations, the same issues verifying the listing, same issues with hours getting changed. We just have much more experience navigating those situations so we can usually get a better outcome faster, but we're all still going to have to play by the same rules. So nobody has a magic wand to get you to number one quicker or fix your issue faster. We all still have to work with Google. And I think people lose sight of that, especially when you say you're a Google partner and they just expect that that comes with a lot of things, which what it really comes with is the experience that that person has dedicated or that company has dedicated into learning the Google My Business platform and building that relationship. But the rules are still the rules at the end of the day. I really appreciate your insight today, Zach. I think you brought a lot of knowledge and everything to the way Google's functioning. But before you go, um, I know I teased you a little bit with um, uh, playing a game. So what we've come up with here today, um, part of what Google's been doing a lot of this year is adding categories to how you can classify your business, um, as you, I'm sure, are aware of. For audience, there, I think last I saw, there was around 3,000 options. There's over 3,000 options. 3,000 options over that you can choose from on your Google My Business category. Zach, I'm pretty confident that you did not study this list. Um, if you did, I'm quite no. impressed. But I, I had Caleb has put together. <laughs> Caleb has put together another game for us, where he. Um, I guess I'll let him explain explain the rules of this one. All right. So the game that we have today is my unique Google My Business category. The object is I will give you a business category, and you just need to tell me whether this is a real Google My Business category or it is not a real business category. Um, That's got, all I need to do. That's it. <laughs> So um, I've got a handful for each one of you. We'll start with six. And if you're tied, I've got some tiebreakers. Um, and uh, I'll ask uh, Zach first and then Dan. And then, yeah, you'll just tell me if it is a real business category or not. If you need help and uh, you don't fully understand the name of the category, I can give you a small description if you need to. Um, but uh, <laughs> again, for the audience, like uh, a Google My Business category would be something as simple as bakery, Italian restaurant bank but uh google my business those are uh, all real <laughs> those are those, <laughs> are, those are, are are real um but they they have uh gotten a little granular and they have things such as uh polythene and plastic sheeting supplier so zach what is being that, that is specific? a real one that is a real one what does that do for somebody if they is there a reason to be that specific versus being more broad or being both? Do you want to put as be? What I guess what's the best practice? Is it to be as specific as possible, or do you want to cast a wider net? 
Yeah, I think it's it's a mix of both. So you can get a primary category, which like, so if you're I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head, so like there's a difference between like uh, a Chinese restaurant and a Japanese restaurant, right? Mm-hmm. So like they provide more nuanced options because they know people want specific things. Like you can usually only get sushi at one of those types of restaurants. And if that's what you're after, Google needs to make sure that they're correct with it. So that's where that uh, granular detail level comes in. So you want to make sure that your primary is the more wide net and then your secondary is a specific type of, like let's say maybe restaurant versus Chinese or whatever from there. Yeah. You don't want to go too wide though, because every category you add is potentially adding other competitors in search results. So you want to make sure that it is something that you very specifically do and you want to market yourself as not just, well, I'm a plumber, but theoretically I could like fix your electric a little bit because I'm licensed to do that. Like you <laughs> right. want to be really sure about what you're putting in those categories. Very good point. All right, Caleb. All right, let's start let's it off. the game. You said it's Zach starts off. We will start with Zach. All right, perfect. All Love right, it. Zach, is this a Google My Business category? A dive club? A dive club? Dive club. A club that specializes in diving? I wasn't sure if it was going to be like a really rundown club. Yeah, like art, like in a, like into a pool. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go no on that one. Zach, I'm sorry, you're incorrect. A dive club <laughs> is a real Google My Business category. I had a feeling there's a place uh, in my hometown that is like an aquatics place. I'm wondering if that would be classified. Like, I'm just thinking, like, I'm, I swam in high school, and like, I. I've never come across a pool that like only has a diving well. Actually, they're they're, they're really they're really cool. The the places that you can actually go diving, they have ultra deep pools. Oh, uh, some of them <laughs> even have like uh, cave networks and everything. It's really cool. Hmm. Uh, Dan, you brought me on as the expert. And now I'm gonna miss all of these questions. <laughs> like, I don't. Know I think, but Zach, that's just gonna show like even you as the expert, like you you still it's impossible for someone to know all of this. Which and is, you, yeah. you might actually get some really good ideas for, for categories for our clients. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Very true. All right, Dan, for yes. you, dog sled ride service. <laughs> is that the Uber of dog sled? Like go up to Alaska and you, is that what it means by ride service? Or like, is yes, it training? This, is, this is a place that you can schedule rides with a dog sled company. So if you but need like to go from place a, to place with a dog sled, you would use the service. So not as like a tourist attraction of like, yeah, hey, just go around the track on a dog sled. It's, oh, you're going downtown. Let me call it a dog sled. Correct. Oh, that adds an extra layer of just weird. I want it to be so bad. So I'm going to just say yes, even if it's not right. I want it to be real so bad. So yeah, I'm going to say it's a real one. Dan, a dog sled ride service is a real category. Yes. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm really happy about that. Um, all right, Zach, for you, waterbed repair service. Uh, I could, I could see that being real. You could see. I, I think if it's not, it's it pretty be. specific. But waterbed I'm, repair I'll service go real on that one. is a real category. Nice, nice. Well done. <laughs> I was thinking like that one's got to. If it's not, it needs to be. We should start. We should contact Google and let them know. All right, Dan. Very uh, 80s. For you, we have a virtual dating assistant. Assistant? Virtual dating assistant. I mean, I feel like if you need an assistant for virtual dating, it explains a lot. 
um, about I mean, who th- you are. Think of it as the the hitch for online dating. <laughs> got to be careful here. Do you actually that. get Will Smith? <laughs> a good question. I've got to be careful knowing that Zach obviously is getting married to someone that he found through his virtual dating uh, success. So I without wanna... an assistant, right? Without an assistant, correct? He did it on his own. He's, he, it's a success, <laughs> success story. That can't be something that someone would actually pay for. So I'm going to say no. That's not a real one. Virtual dating assistant is not real. Okay. All right. <laughs> all right. So what's that? Two, two and zero oh for me. All right. I'm. You, on. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, you're you're trailing behind with one point, but there is time. It's still early. All right, Zach, a mannequin supplier. This is a company that supplies mannequins to retail outlets. I honestly feel like we may have had a client that does that. I'm going to say I'm going to say yes, that that's real. A mannequin supplier is not a listed category through Google My Business. (laughs) so bad i would have gone with that one i would have gone real on that one too i absolutely would have done real that's weird i've watched how it's made on mannequins so i'm like ready to go into business so i thought for sure that was going to be one i i do think you're right though i'm pretty sure that we had a client that was that was a mannequin supplier but they just didn't have the category maybe i only know that because they came to me the strategist said hey this is what they do but there's nothing on google for this what What, what (laughs) do we possibly list this as All right, Dan, um, to take a more commanding lead, can you get this one right? Paranormal investigator. Oh, that's got to be real. There's too many TV shows on that to not have that be a real thing. Dan, Uh, that is not real. Oh, my God. I would have said yes on that one for sure. That blows me away. I'm very surprised. I think that says a lot about where Google is on their beliefs of the supernatural. (laughs) They do have metaphysical supply store as a category, though. That's right. Exactly. Can how can you have that? But, equipment. How can you have that, but not paranormal investigator? I mean, they they have ah, private yeah. investigators. Why wouldn't they have paranormal investigators? Maybe they should just abbreviate the PI, right. so it could be whatever. <laughs> open for interpretation. All right, Zach. This one's for you. Time and temperature announcement service. That's it. What I ask even what that, is that? Is that what, just like yeah, the weather? I was gonna say. I like want to know what that dryer? is. <laughs> This would be a service that actually sends it out to other places uh, to uh, sync up time and temperature for like uh, news agencies and things like that. So it's the National Weather Service? That would yeah, be considered. No way is that real. Time and temperature announcement service is real. <laughs> <laughs> so they have that for like one for the National Weather Service and that's about it. You got me. Uh, all right. Like how- I didn't, it didn't even occur to me that that would be a job. Like, <laughs> I thought that like my weather app just knows because like that's their job to know. They don't need someone else to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> Much less would you need a Google search for this specific right. company. I can't imagine. Yeah. I tell you what, though, the next time you need your time announced for you, you will look for that. That's right. I won't, though, because I have an app. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan. Uh, wedding souvenir shop. A wedding souvenir shop. So is it souvenirs for one's wedding or souvenirs from one's wedding? I would say for someone's wedding. If you are looking for souvenirs for your wedding or other gift wedding gift ideas, I would imagine this would be found at a wedding souvenir shop. 
that just sounds like something Las Vegas would have. Oh, that's a good point. But that also, it seems so you. weird. I'm going to say no. I'm just going to go no. Wedding souvenir shop is a real business category. Should have gone with my gut. I tried to outthink <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, we got two more. Um, Zach, to follow up with the wedding idea, mobile wedding service. This is a company that brings the wedding to you. Is it? I feel like I've seen these before, but I don't know if they have a category for it. Like I feel like I've seen the person advertise, like, yeah, we just roll the DJ up in a van and we also but that's some... like how it works in general. Like you're getting the event, <laughs> but, but like it's always think... bring the wedding to you. But it's like in a box truck. I think it's like the beer, like the bar is built into the truck as well. Like it's all there. So it's really like it's a party in a van. I like how I'm trying yeah. to sway you I... into what I want you to answer, but it's really up to you. <laughs> My gut says no, but I've been so wrong. So I'm just going to say yes. That's a real thing. I'm so sorry. You should have stuck with your gut. Mobile wedding service is a category I made up last night. <laughs> I, I imagined it more like a food truck. We'll, we'll call it weddings on wheels. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically what I'm saying. You just have everything there. You bring out the little archway for people to... Yeah, I like it. All right. I've uh, already won, right? What's that? I've already won. Oh, yeah. You've absolutely won. Okay, but we're going to finish off. We're gonna, we'll, we'll, we'll finish off the six. Good deal. Two for two. So we, we have uh, Dan, you have two more. Zach, we have one more for you. Fantastic. So for Dan, golf cart repair and maintenance. That's so niche. But like, I feel like golf cart, I mean, I mean, country clubs are going to need, we're going to have their vendor already. So I would think they wouldn't necessarily need to have, but then you've got the people that have golf carts privately. I'll say yeah. I'll go with yeah. That is not real. Oh, man. <laughs> I think there's a rental rental service is a real one. There was golf, golf cart rental service was one. Yep. Mm. See? I know. <laughs> stuff. <laughs> it's not enough stuff. It's not enough stuff. <laughs> All right, Zach. This is your last one. Food seasoning manufacturer. Food seasoning manufacturer. So a spice manufacturer. Like a Mrs. Dash. Salsa. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to, I, so I'm going to go real because I saw an episode of Bar Rescue where he helped this lady make her special seasoning into like its own brand. And they went to a physical place to have that done. Okay. So I'm going to say yes. Zach, you finally got another one. (laughs) Food seasoning manufacturer is correct. That was a real slumdog millionaire moment there. Yeah, I still lose. <laughs> All right, last one. So actually, I've just retallied, oh. and Dan, if you get this wrong, you're tied. Oh. oh. <laughs> I was too lax. I was too relaxed. Okay. So if, if you get this wrong, it will force us into a tiebreaker situation. Okay. Um, skate sharpening service. Like hockey. Like a hockey and ice skating sharpening service. Of course, I would get this one. And now I'm going to try and outthink the the game show host here who would know that I would feel confident about this. I've had it done. I'm going to say it's not. 
And you just sent us into a tiebreaker oh, situation. Oh my God. Skate sharpening service is a real business category. Never try to outthink the game. I would, have, I would have said no on that too, because usually categories have to be something where that's like the only thing they do. And I can't see someone that making only a living does only that. sharpening ice skates yeah. all day long. <laughs> It's like any hockey shop is going to sharpen your skates for well, you. Well, right. and I was surprised because sharpening service was also a category. Yeah, for like knives and kitchen stuff? knives yeah. and things like that. That's real. Yeah, I, I imagine less... that maybe a skate it requires some specialized sharpening techniques. Well, uh, well, it's just a it's a it's a piece of equipment. It's just it's kind of it's really weird. It's got like some weird arms and motions to them, but yeah. All right, so we will do another one and see if this takes us over the the edge here. So, Zach, your next one is a snow sports store. It just seems, it's it so just seems obvious. I know. I was going to say like, it seems too there's easy. There's a place to sell snowboards and skis, but I, it could be some technicality where it's called like I don't know a winter sports shop or something yeah. like that. <laughs> so it's specifically snow sports shop. Snow sports store. Store. That just doesn't sound like the way Google would word that. Oh, so I'm gonna knowledge. I'm gonna say no. Zach, you nailed it. Snow Sports Store is not See, a real one. That's him getting his his little knowledge advantage there. He knows the Google <laughs> yeah. the Google phrasing. I, I just have to tell you how hard it was to come up with categories well, of things that didn't exist. There's already 3,000. So, like, <laughs> you could have honestly given all true ones and we still would have gotten some of them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you wasted a lot of time. <laughs> all right, Dan, this one's for you then. If you get this wrong, you lose. Wow. What a fall from grace I had. What a roller coaster. Coin operated laundry equipment supplier. A lot of words. Coin-operated laundry equipment supplier. So obviously they supply supply laundromats with industrial washing and drying machines. Specifically that are coin-operated. Naturally. I don't want to be too confident, but I feel like I would get this one right. I'm going to go with It's got to be a thing. Tied up again. Coin-operated laundry equipment supplier is one. Zach, this one's for you. Um, Mobile money agent. Mobile, mobile money agent. Again, this is someone that, that handles money services that comes to you. Does not have a physical location. So like an accountant that comes to you. That's the way I understand it. I think I think that could be real because accountant is a real thing and there's also categories and you're like you're allowed to register an ATM or like a check to cash place like inside a gas station even. So they're pretty like they're strict verifying them, but there's a lot of diversity there. So I'm going to say yes, that's real. Zach has gotten his stride. This is excellent. Right, Zach's figured out like, oh wait, I can, I can, I can figure this out. I do know things. <laughs> All right, again, Dan, if you get this wrong, you lose. Do we have more after this? Or we're going to end in a tie. I I have a bunch more. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't prepare. Okay. All right, uh, Dan, mm-hmm. groundwater inspection service. I'm really glad Zach didn't get this. I feel like he just got, that might be something he needed for his house. Um, Groundwater inspection service. It does seem like a real thing. I'm going to say, like I know it's a thing. Um, Yeah, we'll go with real. 
And Zach wins. Oh Groundwater Inspection Service is not a, a category on Google My Business. Congratulations, Zach. You are you are the professional indeed. That's really matter. disappointing. I, I believe was... I believe the category for that is like well water inspector or well inspector. It is well come what... from that angle. Yep. It, it is a uh, wow. um, uh, well certification specialist or something like that. Yeah. I really yep. should have capitalized early on when Zach was just trying to figure out the game a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was awesome. That was good. That was. Thank, I, I do want to thank you, Zach, for your time. That was a lot of fun of and a lot. Very, very insightful. For everybody else, please take the time. Don't forget to subscribe. Uh, don't forget to leave a comment. Uh, you can like on YouTube. If you have any questions, you can uh, reach out to us at podcast at revlocal.com. Um, if you're listening in the audio form, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, pretty much anywhere that you find a podcast. So don't forget to do all those things and leave a review. Uh, We look forward to seeing you next time and thanks for watching.